0: This is Lewis Lapham for Lapham's Quarterly, and this is the World in Time. Lead support for this podcast has been provided by Elizabeth Lisette Prince. Additional support was provided by James J. Jimmy Coleman Jr. This is Lewis Lapham with the World in Time, speaking today with the award-winning historian Harlow Giles Unger about his new book, Thomas. Paine and the Clarion Call for American Independence. It is a fine book, Harlow, and I for one am grateful to you for writing it. A voice as inspirational as Paine's hasn't been heard anywhere in the forum of the world's politics for the last 50 years. And you remind us why Paine was probably the most consequential of America's founding fathers. Why then does he occupy so small a place in our national memory and imagination?
1: The primary reason is his last work, The Age of Reason, which uh, he felt would climax his career, and in a sense it did. The Age of Reason attacked all religions as mythology and institutions designed to tyrannize Uh, Mankind in conjunction with royalty. Uh, The religions he despised had created the myth of divine right of kings, that uh, God had placed the kings on the throne uh, across Europe and across the Western world to rule uh, the people and deny them all uh, human rights. Uh, So he attacked the churches and tore apart the scriptures. uh, uh, line by line word by word as pure mythology uh saying that uh, and and uh, actually starting with adam and saying that adam lived if if there was such a man lived before any religion so why what, what, why did religions come up uh he uh he he pointed out that n- nothing was written about Christ until two or three hundred years after he was said to have lived. So how do these people know what happened in Christ's life? Christ was illiterate, didn't write a word. If he had wanted to start a religion, said Payne, he would have done so. He would have written something or dictated something to someone, and he didn't. Uh, So everything was made up uh, centuries after he allegedly lived and of the four apostles, uh, they disagree with each other what, what happened in the life of Christ and at his uh, death on the cross. Uh, Paul has a big earthquake taking place, and the other three apostles, who supposedly were standing right there, didn't feel a thing and say nothing about it.
0: So, yeah, and he also, I mean, and the God of the Old Testament, he denounces as a monster.
1: A exactly. What, what kind of God would kill his
0: own son? <laughs> Kill his own son or or order the death of every man, woman, child and animal in the wicked city of Canaan. I mean it, 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 it,
1: everyone in existence. Everyone yeah. he allegedly created.
0: <laughs> yeah. But Paine doesn't write the Age of Reason until later in his career in life when he is in France. But his inspiration to the uh, to, to to the American Revolution is based on his saying the same kind of things about King George the Third and and the divine right of kings. I mean, he is the man who gives us the phrase uh, "All men are created equal." I mean, I mean, it, it, it's that phrase. Uh, Appears in Common Sense in the winter of 1776, and it works its way into Jefferson's Declaration of Independence.
1: Absolutely, and uh, he his feelings about that really emanated from uh, the Scriptures uh, because uh, he mentions that in the Scriptures, God is said to have created man in His own image. So why would he? kill so many of them thereafter. Uh, he said that uh, if all men were created in the image of God, then they're all created equal. And so he originated this thought. And it really, his, his thinking began really as he was growing up. His father was a devout Quaker and insisted on taking young Thomas Paine to Quaker meetings every Sunday where uh, the uh, congregation sat in silence, uh, waiting for inspirations from God.
0: He, he's an Englishman. I mean, he's, he, a, he's an Englishman. He's, he's born so he's, in a
1: small he, town, seventy-five yeah. miles north of London. Okay. And uh, as he sits in the Quaker church, waiting to hear the voice of God, all he hears is the shrieks and screams of anguish from people on the whipping post, which is out, not, not far from the Quaker meeting house outside. Uh, And he begins to question, uh, number one, what's wrong with these people, that uh, they're waiting for the voice of God, and they allow this cruelty to go on um, right outside their door.
0: There's also, not far away from the meeting house, there's a gallows.
1: The gallows, uh, every year uh, there were these so-called Lent assizes where trials were held petty thieves. Uh, These were not uh, killers, uh, just ordinary thieves who were routinely sentenced to die on the gallows. And uh, the gallows in those days didn't have trap doors, so they would be hung up and just wiggle there until they died. Well, this drew crowds all the way from London. They came up for the the Lent assizes uh, in uh, Thetford, which was the name of this small town. To watch these people on the gallows, and they'd cheer as the, uh, the the these poor people went dangling up, and sometimes they they would die or almost die, and then a, a last kick or a reflex of some sort, and the crowd would cheer <laughs>
0: all right <laughs> uh, so pain is it was pain. a show
1: it was a show a ghastly show
0: Payne is born an Englishman in a small uh English town in the early 19th century and he attends grammar school I think for seven years but becomes one of the most formidable intellects of his day and age i mean he's he has a phenomenal memory uh constantly reading constantly learning something constantly asking questions and briefly go through his early career from schoolboy to the time that he comes to America in at the age of 37
1: uh, he was not as unusual as one might think among the great men of the world at that time. They were called autodidacts. They educated themselves because they didn't have the funds or the uh, pos- any other possibilities of getting a formal education at a university.
0: Uh, certainly that uh, Washington,
1: was, that- wa- Washington was an autodidact. Uh, the most famous of the autodidacts was Benjamin Franklin. And so Thomas Paine educated himself. He was uh, determined uh, to find out to get to the root of this ignorance, uh, mass ignorance that produced the kinds of religion he now uh, grew to despise. And in London, uh, Charles II had uh, established a, a free academy, a royal academy, uh, w- which sponsored, l- sponsored lectures, open to the public, lectures by prominent scientists and scholars. Well, Payne just went there all the time. He went to listen, took notes. Uh, the uh, Academy, Royal Academy, also had gave public access to one of the world's largest libraries at the time, and Paine took full advantage, reading uh, Roman and uh, Greek literature, contemporary literature of, of his time. He studied history he studied the sciences uh, such as they were electricity uh, basic physics and uh, and and basic engineering so by the time he uh, was uh, fin- finishing his his studies of course he he had very very little money he got a job as a tax collector and also uh, did freelance writing for newspapers and contemporary publications. Some of those writings caught the eye of Benjamin Franklin, who was then living in London as the agent in Parliament for representing the interests of Pennsylvania and several other American, uh, they were then called provinces, English provinces. They had no no representation in Parliament, no direct members of Parliament, but Benjamin Franklin served as their agent uh, to uh, push their interests. And he and Thomas Paine became uh, great friends. Uh, uh, It was Franklin who introduced Paine to deism, uh, the belief in a god or supreme being uh, without any supporting religion uh, other than nature itself and what you see with your eyes Here with your ears, Uh, knowing his skills in writing, the tax collectors, uh, uh, fellow tax collectors, asked him to write a petition to Parliament asking for higher uh, higher wages. He wrote a magnificent petition. Uh, Franklin praised him for it, and it so angered Parliament that the government fired him from his job. He fired was left, Franklin, he, fr- no, fired uh, uh, Payne.
0: Oh, fired Payne.
1: From his job as a tax collector, he was left deeply in debt. Uh, the the uh, agents came after him to try to throw him into debtor's prison. Uh, Franklin uh, saw to it that he was uh, could hide in safety for a while, and then uh, Franklin paid uh, financed his voyage to America so c- he could f- he could flee. Uh, the agents of the debtor's prison. So he
0: he arrives in America. He's meanwhile been married twice, but neither of those marriages were sustaining. No, his first wife
1: died, and and the second wife, uh, and he never consummated their marriage. They separated amicably, and he continued to try to support her uh, the rest of her life, even when he was here in America.
0: And he comes so to. So he was a,
1: a decent, a decent man.
0: Yes, I know. Yes, uh, he he comes to America in 1774 with letters of introduction to people in Philadelphia from Franklin,
1: including uh, the governor of uh, Penn, then governor of Pennsylvania, uh, who happened to be away at the time that uh, Payne arrived. And um, the first job uh, that Payne was offered was by a magazine editor. Uh, a newspaper editor in Philadelphia who was just starting a magazine and the workload was too great for him. He needed somebody uh, to uh, start this magazine independently. And he hi- on the basis of Franklin's recommendation, he hired uh, Payne to do so. And within a year, uh, Payne had uh, doubled its circulation uh, and uh, it was a thriving magazine. Payne's name, uh, his byline, Became well known in Philadelphia uh, literary circles, and at the time uh, there was growing resistance to taxation uh, by the uh, by the British. Uh, he then uh, got involved in this growing movement for independence and wrote a, a startling pamphlet that he called Common Sense. He said it was absurd for a little island to be trying to to govern a huge continent thousands of miles away. It was absurd uh, for someone to rule a continent simply because he was born uh, to a particular woman. Uh, Common sense resounded in the minds of Americans at the time uh, they had spent several centuries here, their forebears had tamed the wilderness, had produced crops with their own hands, with their own labor, without the help of any nobleman, without the help of any churchman, and without the help of any king. So they felt they, what they produced was theirs. And suddenly, uh, some British tax collectors come along and, and demands part of their earnings. And uh, well, they refused they thought it was absolutely absurd, and uh, and it, it it was not as as Thomas Paine put it, it was not common sense for them to have to uh, give something uh, to the king.
0: That pub that pamphlet, Common Sense, is published in the winter of 1776, and it it it's an explosive incendiary document. I mean, it sells more copies than any other book of its time in america right
1: in in the western world more than any any publication other than the bible it was absolutely a sensational uh, book it infuriated uh, the king infuriated parliament and
0: uh, but it aroused the american people and it turns what was a ...regional grievance into a national cause. Indeed. And, and and Jefferson borrows some of the ideas for the Declaration of Independence.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Payne's words were legion. People quoted them uh, uh, up and down the, the, the American Atlantic coast. They were quoted by ordinary people in Britain and in France... Uh, it was translated into French. Uh, it, it was a phenomenal political document. Uh, there had been nothing of its kind uh, since the Magna Carta. Uh, and it gave hope uh, to uh, the Americans who were now seriously considering independence.
0: All right. And then the British, I mean, the the uh, by the time the pamphlet is published in 1776, we've already had the Battle of Bunker Hill and the 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 battles at Concord and Lexington. Yeah, Lexington,
1: Lexington, Concord. But but in the spring
0: in the spring of 1776, the British army navy moves down to New York and begins. You know takes over New York, takes over the uh, Manhattan well, not,
1: not in the spring yet. It's late in summer, actually. Late in summer. first comes first comes the Declaration of Independence, okay, uh, which was signed in, uh, uh, in in July July, yeah uh, and and then uh, it was really ratified in August and September because when it was signed, it was only signed by one person, John Hancock, in Philadelphia then it had to be sent, copies had to be sent to each of the states, each of, each of which was an independent uh, political entity. So each of the legislatures in the states had to sign uh, the document, and each of the states had to declare independence themselves until when the Declaration of Independence was, si- uh, was originally signed uh, by John Hancock. At that point, only uh, Virginia and Massachusetts had actually declared independence. Uh, By the time uh, the the delegates met in Philadelphia and approved the declaration, uh, then that document had to be sent to each of the state legislatures for approval. They had to declare independence. Uh, Rhode Island did not, and Rhode Island stayed outside the United States uh, for quite some time.
0: but uh, but meanwhile, the war has started. I mean, the the, the and, British and have sent their invasionary forces, and, and in August occupied, they
1: occupied. they kill they absolutely slaughter the American uh, defenders in Brooklyn and Manhattan and Westchester. Uh, by autumn, uh, Washington's army is in full retreat. Uh, they cross Hudson River. They flee across uh, down and across New Jersey so that by Christmas time, uh, there they are with their tails between their legs on the, op- on the western bank of the Delaware River, uh, a- absolutely defeated.
0: But Payne, Payne is now with the Army. I mean, he's actually carrying he's a muster. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's joined the Army. Yeah, uh, he's
1: joined the Army. He's at Fort Lee when they retreat from Fort Lee down to the Newark, what's now the Newark area, and then across New Jersey and as he as he as the army retreats each night by the campfire he sits with a drum between his legs writing and no one quite knows what he's writing about but he's he's writing these short uh, pamphlets and uh, no, short essays um that he is numbering They're each each one he calls american crisis and he finds something else to write about each each night so by the time they cross the, uh, the Delaware River and are encamped uh, opposite Trenton, New Jersey, uh, he shows one of his essays to uh, George Washington. And at that point, Washington is as discouraged as anyone else, and he reads his pamphlet and gets so excited that he or- orders Payne in a kindly way, as <laughs> tells Paine, to go down to Philadelphia have it printed and come back with some copies. Uh he he does as he's told. It's about 30 miles from there to Philadelphia. He comes back and gives these pamphlet these essays, copies of the essays to Washington who orders his officers to read the the essay to the men on Christmas night. Washington meanwhile has been so inspired by the uh, the pamphlet that he uh, and his aides plan an attack, a surprise attack by by night, crossing the Delaware, the Delaware River by night, and a surprise attack on Trenton, New Jersey, where fourth, where a thousand Hessian troops, professional mercenaries, were encamped. Uh, the the officers read the essay uh, to the men, and it begins. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from his country. He that stands now deserves the thanks of all mankind. And with those explosive words in every soldier's mind and heart, uh, the, the troops rose as one. It was snowing; horrible nights. And some of them were still were. Really underclothed, freezing cold, they boarded rafts and crossed the Delaware through big chunks of ice. It was stormy. It was horrible. And uh, Payne landed with them, firing his musket, uh, with uh, as they did. And after humiliating defeats, that victory they 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 overran the Hessian troops, and uh, uh, Washington credited Payne with lifting the morale. not not only of the army, but of the entire nation. At the time, uh, more than half the nation were quite loyal to Britain. They were British subjects and considered themselves British. They went to Anglican church on Sundays and uh, and ended the services with God save the king. Uh, So these were loyal uh, British subjects. And this convinced the American army, the American people, of the righteousness of their cause, of the righteousness of independence. And it convinced the American army that it could win the war against these better-trained, better-equipped, more experienced uh, soldiers, even the mercenaries uh, from Germany that they had just defeated.
0: Yes, Um, because all through the fall of of 1776 up up to Trenton, the... Americans had lost everything and the British thought they'd actually won the Revolutionary War and they might have won the Revolutionary War if the Americans hadn't staged a victory at Trenton.
1: Exactly. That was really the turning point of of the war, although it didn't seem like it at the time. uh, There would be more defeats, uh, but there would eventually be victories. And uh, as uh, Thomas Paine uh, wrote uh, in uh, succeeding essays, that first essay, in These Are the Times of Tri Men's Souls, he called it American Crisis, and he called, uh, he wrote 14 essays called American Crisis, each one he numbered. That was number one. Uh, next came two, three, four, et cetera. And uh, some of them uh, were really quite uh, humorous. He uh, at one point he really mocks uh the uh, british military uh, He addresses it to uh general Howe, the military commander, and says, "How do you expect to defeat us <laughs> right. uh, we, we you we we you can move into one square it's like a game of checkers he said you you move into one square we'll move out and occupy two or three others." And then you come and and, and try to push us out of one square. Well, we move into other. How how are you possibly going to defeat us? And uh, they uh, really didn't have the uh, the the knowledge of what later became uh, guerrilla warfare. In effect, Uh, he said, we can always prevent defeat while we take while we let you come into one square while we take two or three of your squares for ours. Uh, And then he wrote another crisis essay to members of parliament, asking uh, uh, them, uh, sirs, why why haven't you conquered us? Who or what has prevented you? You had every opportunity. Your fleets and armies are the world's largest. They arrived in America without incident. No uncommon fortune has intervened. Why haven't you conquered us? Well, this infuriated members of parliament, and Americans were doubling over in laughter at these. These letters were really in, uh, lifting the morale of the American people. And then in a letter to addressed to the people of England, he said he couldn't understand the British government's motives for going to war. He says, you enjoyed America's whole commerce before you began to conquer. The country and commerce were both your own, as they had been for a hundred years. What then in the name of heaven would you go to war for? This was the kind of indisputable pain logic that uh, infuriated the British rulers, but uh, left Americans just doubling over in laughter and firing up their spirits because it was all common sense, and they knew it.
0: Spare a few moments and describe pain. I mean... uh... What manner of man? I mean, tall, short?
1: Uh, 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 Kind of fat, actually. Robust. Robust is a nice name for for him. He was a big man and a jolly man. He really uh, uh, liked to be with people. Uh, One of the things in our history books that do not make uh, very clear... Calling Philadelphia a city, well, it was the largest uh, uh city in quotes in America at the time, but it was only three miles wide. These were really very, very small towns uh fifty thousand people here uh, London had several million people, so uh, these were just towns compared to real cities in uh, England and Europe so a man like Payne could walk uh, the three miles easily back and forth. And, of course, shopkeepers didn't have uh, windows the way uh, big panes in their shops as they do today. It was on the ground floor of their homes, so they would stand outside their door. There'd be a sign there, uh, but uh, that's how they would draw customers in. And chat with with passers-by, and Payne was um, a very, very uh, outgoing uh, fellow, and he, he got to know Um, most of the prominent people uh, in Philadelphia uh, just walking the town each day. Uh, And uh, people really, who knew him, people really loved him, but he was an iconoclast, and he did not... uh, uh, You know, the the title of my book is Thomas Paine and the Clarion Call for American Independence, but he sounded the clarion call for... More than independence. He sounded the clarion call for human rights, for women's rights, for uh, amazingly what we call social security. He sounded the clarion call for a universal free public education of children. Uh, it didn't exist at, at that time. The only people who could get any kind of an education uh, were uh the, the wealthiest people who belonged belonged to a church and that was very costly to belong to a church uh or the people who, uh, who lived near uh, a home where the mother was literate enough and these were called uh dame uh, 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 sco- okay.
0: schools all uh, right where the war is over now. It's 1783. The Americans have won the Revolutionary War. Cornwallis has surrendered. And soon, wh- what happens to Payne? I mean, he gives all of the profits from his books to the Congress. Every for, he gives away everything he makes, he gives it to the Congress for the, the furthering and the, the financing of the war. Uh, they, but the Americans, uh, there's really no place for him. Once he, the war is over, the, the Americans have settled on the business of dividing the spoils. And they, and they don't trust Paine because he's too friendly with the common people. So Paine goes off to England and writes another incendiary best-selling book called The Rights of Man.
1: First, he goes into, he stays. And first of all, Washington bails him out. Washington writes, he's dead broke at the end of the war. Washington writes to the uh, leaders of each of the individual state leg, uh, legislatures and asks them, don't can, can we do nothing for Payne? And in the meantime, he invites Payne to live with him at his encampment. Payne does so. Uh, Washington gets money from a lot of the states and gives it to him and Payne is given a farm of 277 acres that was seized from a Tory just north of New York City. So he has a place to live, and he uh, lets uh, a a nearby farmer uh, begin to sharecrop the the farm. So now he's getting a, a certain amount of income. He goes back to Philadelphia and is ready to go overseas, but uh he gets involved in american politics and when uh, at the time the the continental congress which became the confederation congress before the constitution was signed they were doing business by committee so they had a committee on foreign affairs but foreign affairs took place by letter and they came in every day every week and these committees and congress only met twice a year so There was no one to answer these letters. They needed a secretary for the Committee of Foreign Affairs. They asked Franklin to take the job. He refused because of his ailments, his age. And John Adams uh, moved to appoint Thomas Paine secretary to the Committee of Foreign Affairs. Uh, He was uh, elected, and he thus became the equivalent of what was America's first uh, uh, secretary of state. Uh, But then he's alone at Congress during the periods where Congress is out of session, which is most of the year, and starts organizing congressional papers and discovers an enormous amount of uh, merchants in Congress had been profiteering from the war. And he exposed them in an article for a newspaper, and he was fired. That's when he goes to uh, England on the advice of Benjamin Franklin to sell a bridge design that uh, he had made. Payne had become quite an inventor and tinkerer, much like Franklin, so they had a lot in common, and this enhanced their friendship. He went to England, uh, displayed the bridge, got a lot of interest from various towns. Uh, A big bridge had fallen down over the Thames, and here was this new iron bridge, a single-span iron bridge held up by a big arch, that pain had designed. Meanwhile, the Bastille falls in Paris. He hears that his friends Lafayette and uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson, who was the American minister in France, uh, were writing a new constitution, and he wanted to be a part of it. And uh, he went to France to join them and helped write the first French first constitution in French history, called the Rights of Man and the Citizen and with notes from that document that he had helped write, he goes back to England to to try to sell his bridge and uses his spare time writing this new book, The Rights of Man, which says that all men are created equal, that uh, the, the divine right of kings uh, was a, a, a racket established uh, by the church and royalty, uh, to perpetuate a, a royal family uh, in office uh, forever. Uh, he said that there was a time on earth when man lived without any kings. Uh, he said William the Conqueror was just a thug who came over from France and uh, with a band of of, of thugs uh, conquered this very peaceful native population and declared declared himself king and then made a deal with the church uh, to perpetuate his family in, uh, as royal le- r- rulers in perpetuity. Uh, but the
0: rights of well, man didn't go over well in England, and Edmund Burke uh, writes against it in his reflections on the uh, revolution in France.
1: Well, Edmund Burke was a member of parliament, so he was part of the establishment that was trying to stay in power and that the rights of man threatened. Uh, The rights of man sold uh, uh, almost as as well as common sense. Tens of thousands, some 60,000 copies sold in Britain, uh, 40,000 in France, and they couldn't even read English, Uh, thousands in Holland and Belgium. Uh, It was was so popular that uh, Thomas Jefferson, who had returned to the United States and was now Secretary of State in the Washington administration, paid out of his own pocket to have the the rights of man published in the United States. Uh, The the, uh, King of England and Parliament were outraged and uh, ordered Paine's arrest and trial for treason. He would have been uh, drawn and quartered had he been found guilty. He, thanks to his friend, the poet uh, William Blake, uh, he was pre-warned that the police were coming to arrest him, and he flees to Dover and is just boards a boat leaving for France and pu- it pulls away from shore just as the police are arriving at at the quay. And uh, so he escaped prison there, and he gets to France, and crowds of Frenchmen are there waiting to cheer him uh, for having written the rights of man, having participated in the writing of the Constitution. Four towns elect him. He can't speak a word of French, but four towns elect him to be their representative in the French National Assembly. And the French National Assembly grant him, uh, along with George Washington and Benjamin Franklin and a few other American patriots, grant them all honorary citizenship. Uh, And he's he's absolutely top of the world there in France, and makes uh, many friends uh, who do speak English uh, out of the, le- the leaders, uh, the political leaders. Uh, the, 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 for a while now, there's a constitutional monarchy, and it looks like France is headed for a, a democracy similar to that in the United States. But little by little, radicals take over the National Assembly, uh, and their leader, uh, Maximilian Robespierre, uh, it, it, it is absolutely fanatic about uh, his power and uh, and the power of a central government to rule. Uh, little by little, they throw their enemies into prison. Uh, they send them to the guillotine without trials. And he demands that the king of France be executed and that they end this constitutional monarchy. Payne opposes the execution. He explains, the king is a hero in America. America is your biggest ally. Uh, he he sent the troops and money over that, to make American uh, independence possible. Uh, Robespierre is f- furious at Payne's opposition. In the final vote, Payne almost won. Uh, uh, he lost by one vote. That's all. And Robespierre succeeds in Getting the king executed, uh, he Wants to put uh, uh, he wants to retaliate against Paine for his opposition, has him arrested and imprisoned, but not executed because by then all of Europe and Britain were at war with France. America was the last remaining ally, military ally, and Paine was an American until. The, ambassador, French, the American ambassador to France, Gouverneur Morris, who had been one of the merchants in Congress that Payne had exposed for wartime profiteering, he is now ambassador and is still furious at Payne, and he tells Robespierre that Payne was born in Britain, that he's not really an American. Fortunately, enough enemies of Robespierre take over the National Assembly uh, and sentence Robespierre's brother and his, his his political allies to death, and Robespierre is guillotined. But by then, Payne is in prison, and he although he's no longer facing execution, he, he can't get out. He, he, he writes to George Washington. There's no answer. The letters just don't get through. And with nothing better to do, he starts writing The Age of Reason, in which he tears the scriptures apart as pure fiction from word by word, phrase by phrase, sentence by sentence, all the way through the New Testament, the Old Testament and the New Testament.
0: He had an extraordinary memory. I mean, he could... Yes,
1: he could cite the Bible Bible backwards and forwards.
0: Yeah, as well as many other books. I mean, it it was a really phenomenal memory, and he writes very easily and... and, uh, Quickly, uh, oh, he's a,
1: he's a brilliant writer.
0: He's, he's, a, brilliant a, he's writer. a brilliant writer because he manages to put the ideas of the Enlightenment into simple language or into memorable, monosyllables. Memorable, yeah, monosyllables, yeah, yeah, memorable. <laughs> the, yeah.
1: The, these are the times. <laughs> the, yeah.
0: The, okay, so he's in prison for roughly what eight, ten months, and yeah, they, then. He's released, and he he stays in Paris for another five, six years, writing *The Age of Reason*.
1: Yeah, by then, by then, a new ambassador had come, a new American ambassador had come to Paris, James Monroe, and like Washington, James Monroe didn't know what had happened to, to Thomas Paine. They both thought that Thomas Paine was too busy to write because he was involved in the French Revolution. Uh, that was not the case. He was languishing in jail. When Monroe found out, he badgered the French uh, government, the successor government to Robespierre, to release Payne, and they did. And uh, uh, Monroe and his wife uh, harbored Payne uh, in their uh, pa- Paris mansion, which is the equivalent of the American embassy at that time. And uh, he then spends the next few years in. Uh, uh, the Paris area, refining uh, the Age of Reason into a finished book, and uh, uh, it, it, it it caused a furor across the Christian world. Uh, it, churchmen were aghast. Uh, churchgoers were equally uh, appalled by it, and. Uh, Although it, it sold widely, it was burned <laughs> as often as as it was sold. Uh, and, and, and,
0: and, uh, so he comes back to America in 1802 and lands in Baltimore. And he's a reviled figure because the the uh, Age of Reason in America has been received as anathema, heresy, the work of the devil, and Federalists greet the ship with rotten eggs and and, uh, screams of abuse, and he's he's even threatened, uh, you know, with blows.
1: Well, uh, except for a number of courageous figures, including uh, Thomas Jefferson, uh, who was then president, and a confirmed deist. Deism had been a growing... uh, Set of beliefs, or lack of them, uh, during the uh, during the uh, late uh, 18th century, the so-called Age of Enlightenment. Uh, it, it, uh, it was quite popular in France. Voltaire, Rousseau, uh, were, all, were both deists, and among Americans, of course, uh, Benjamin Franklin was the, uh, the first leading uh, figure uh, who uh became a deist thomas jefferson uh followed suit and um indeed was so outraged by the by the bible he he wrote his own <laughs> to uh sub- as a substitute for the uh for the for the bible uh, the the popular bible and he invited payne to stay at the white House until enough of Jefferson's supporters uh, saying, uh, telling him that it, it just didn't look good. His uh, whining and dining Thomas Paine, going out for walks with him in in, in D.C., uh, strolling the boulevards, so to speak, together arm in arm. And uh, Paine took a hint and left, and uh, in effect retired to partially to his farm north of New York City. And in new york itself New York City itself, because it was quite lonely out at his farm um, and one night uh, at his farm uh, uh, when he was at his farm, reading in his living room, uh, an assassin uh, tried to shoot him. The bullet went through the smashed through the living room window and uh, barely missed payne's head uh, so he his last years were not. Terribly happy ones. He, uh, his enemies said he turned to drink. He really didn't. He was not a big drinker.
0: No, I mean uh, his enemies tried to smear him as a drunkard, and uh, he was not.
1: He never was. uh, And uh, he died uh, uh, rather peacefully. Uh, Some local priests tried to. uh, In, In
0: in in a hotel in what is now Greenwich Village
1: yeah uh and he at the
0: age he, of what seventy two
1: yeah and uh uh in, in his last days uh, a priest a priest came in and asked him do, do he want to change his mind about deism and he he told the fellow to get out uh uh
0: but he, I, uh, and so where where is he today uh okay. Well, he was very in, 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 in our imagination. I mean, I mean, the, the, there are no, there's no monument of him in in Washington. Uh, there,
1: there, there's there are very few monuments to him. There's one in his na- native village in in England. Uh, and there are, are a few around around the country, but uh, he really publishers of. History books for youngsters, for uh, high, sc- high school and elementary school uh, history books. Uh, the publishers have just almost left him out of their books entirely. They just barely mention him uh, because of uh, their the, the pressure that uh, the Christian churches have put on on them uh, not to uh, not to reveal. His beliefs um,
0: well don't you think that uh,
1: so afraid yeah. of, of Payne's Payne's revelations in effect that are in uh, the age of reason uh, they they shock uh, the world
0: uh, uh, many of the ideas of rights of man they were in rights of man that you mentioned you know security for pensions education uh relief from poverty i mean it they don't come into the american political arena in, until fdr
1: exactly and they don't to this day they don't they they are still rather alien yeah. to our society um,
0: wouldn't you a, wouldn't a you few. say that the time had come given our Current circumstances in Washington that the voice of Tom Paine could be
1: something uh, well, uh, uh, water uh,
0: water in a desert, I would say right
1: yeah, um, Speaker of the House uh, last evening mentioned Tom Paine yeah. in uh, prefacing her uh, announcement of, yeah. that the House of Representatives. Would seek the president, would inquire, make a, a, an impeachment inquiry uh, about the president's behavior. Uh, so right. All right. She knows, she knows about Thomas Paine. Okay.
0: Well, that's. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm glad somebody does. The, yeah. the, uh, I'm certainly glad that you've written this very fine book. Thank you, Harlow Giles Unger, for speaking with us today about his book Thomas Paine and the Clarion Call for American Independence. There now, is just
1: one one last yeah. uh, quotation I'd like to leave you with and it is the, these are the words of John Adams who said I know not whether any man in the world has had more influence on its people than Thomas Paine.
0: Well, you put that Quotation at the beginning of your book, and it's an equally fine quotation with which to end this conversation.
1: Thank, Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: Lapham's Quarterly brings voices from the past up to the microphone of the present. Save more than 30% off the cover price and subscribe today. For only forty-nine dollars, visit Lapham'sQuarterly.org/podcast for more details.